Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. What's up, guys? This is episode number 50 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald. Uh, And as always today, we are presented by Carl Auto Group. If you need a car, an SUV, as Damon says, a truck... Um, or any vehicle. Um, I don't know if they sell ATVs. I, I play. I ripped the ATV off Red Fury 2 on the PlayStation 2 still to this day. Uh, one of the greatest games ever made. But if you need any type of vehicle, get your point A to uh, point B, call the Carl Auto Group. They'll get you set up. They'll get you set up quick and easy, and it will be uh, the greatest decision that you've ever made. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Um, fair and, All right. and it's probably, you know, probably the only decision that you've ever made. Absolutely. All right. So let's, we're going to get in the podcast here. I have a disclosure to make, Damon. What is that? All right. Well, a lot of people yesterday, I started, so I had two beers throughout the day uh, before the Coke 600 started, right? Two or three, maybe. Just two? No, I had one early in the morning because I had a headache and I had two more before the 600, I think. But I started I started doing my drinking at the end of uh, stage two. So it was after stage two, stage three and four of the Coke 600, I started doing my drinking. And basically I got, I got feedback from people that said, we want, we want a podcast of Connor Hammered. And I said, you don't want that. Trust me, you don't want that. It actually happens more than you think. And you can probably tell if you listen to all 50 of them. This is our 50th anniversary podcast. So that's my excuse, by the way, right now. But we're recording on Monday. We're recording a day later. And if you heard me on the Twitter space last night, I was a little drunk. Uh, We talked to a guy named Drake. He's a loyal listener. Um, Asked us a ton of questions. If you go back and listen to it, it's fantastic, honestly. He was, uh, he was great. He actually was doing the thing where I was like, what race was that, that this happened? And he, he had the answers to like six of them. See? And I was like, shit, this is awesome. Like, you I know what, you know what the correlation, CTE. you know what the correlation there is? I don't, I, he doesn't have CTE and I probably do. No, the people with the, uh, letter D in their first name, they're generally smart. 
That's all right. That's fair. That's fair. I didn't think you were going to say that. No, that's exactly what I'm going to say. So, so the people that wanted me drunk on the podcast after the 600 and the Indy 500, uh, you're going to get it now because I'm hammered. I went out with my family for Memorial Day and uh, they drove me back here to my apartment and I'm, I'm now drunk and doing the podcast on Monday like me and Damon had originally planned. And uh, we're, we're just here now. So how's it going, everybody? Uh, well, I'm drinking water. That's cool. I'm, I'm drinking a Bud Light. It's right here. My buddy Bud. <laughs> Um, because unlike you, I had more than two before the Coke 600 yesterday. So yeah, no, they serve tall boys at, uh, it's Des Moines golf and country club. So, uh, I've, uh, that will do it. folks. Well, I definitely overestimated how much I was drinking. And then I like realized it like on the way home, I say, like, I'm pretty, I'm that, definitely hammered. That'll do it folks. Sign them up. But that it'll be fine. Uh, I'm watching World of Outlaws heat races right now, and later I'm going to watch NHL Game Seven. So, yeah. What? Uh, all right, all right, all right. We got. What are we start? What are we starting with? The 600 or the Indy? Well, that that's whatever you want to call. I mean, whatever I want to start with. Yeah. Let's do the 600. It's the biggest. It, that was the best race. I don't want to say the biggest race. Indy, Indy 500 is much bigger, but the no, fact that we can even better. have this debate, I thought the Coke 600 was better than the Indy 500. By far and large. Like it, all right, I all right. I honestly don't know if it was close. It was close. I don't think it was. Well, one is, one is a massive, massive event year after year. It rarely doesn't deliver, and it I, delivered again this year. The other is like... Uh, we had this anomaly and a, a lot of cars are racking, you know, it was very long for the casual race fan. You know, are we, are we watching this and thinking that this is cool that it's so long? Or are we thinking like, oh, I wish the races were an hour and a half. I like the long race. So I say it's not close for the simple fact. If it wasn't for Scott Dixon picking up that speeding penalty, it wouldn't have even been close. Right, all, right, um, all right. All right. Hold on. Hold so on. so we're, I'm we're talking, talking the Indy 500. I don't, I don't want to debate that. I don't, I'm, I, I'm just saying I don't think me and you need, I don't think we need to debate that. Cause I think they were both good races. I think they're very, we're, we're what we're going to end up doing is agreeing at the end of what race was bigger, but we're going to debate on if it was close or not. I don't think the people need to hear that. I was just saying as far as the best race for the weekend. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, that's fair. All right. So the, the Coke 600 ran on Sunday night. Um, Denny Hamlin won the race. He got his first career Coke 600. Uh, it was cool. Uh, it was good for him. Uh, if you took four tires at the end, you were going to win that race. Uh well, you're going to have a chance of winning the race. Like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had speed. And you could tell he knew how to approach the corners, but he didn't take four tires. He was fucked. Uh, what did you think? I guess, Damon, I'm jumping around. Dude, like drunk me, like doesn't even know where to start with shit. And like that race is probably the worst for drunk me to do. But I thought the Coca-Cola 600 this year was a war of attrition. And it was a war designed of what this race was built on. It was, uh, we want to see what cars can make it 600 miles. It's the car versus the racetrack. And that is 
you know, kind of the, the fight that you're entering. And I thought for the first time in 10, 15 years, we got a Coke 600. That was the car versus the racetrack and how you could handle your tires and the driver against the machine that's powering them. And I, I took that term from uh, Jordan Bianchi, uh, but it, it was the race that it was built to be when its inception uh, was formed. Yeah, it uh, it was a throwback to the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s version of that race of where you had a bunch of cars retire out of that event because of of issues, of every, every known to man issues. We had a car explode a motor on the backstretch and they didn't even get a chance to talk about it. Uh, because there was so much going on. We had cars losing tires. We had cars in accidents. We had everything known to man in that race that eliminated drivers. It was the closest thing to a throwback to the original World 600 days uh, that we're probably ever going to see. Yeah, and I, I liked it for everything, for what it was worth, for everything that it was supposed to be. I I enjoyed the hell out of that, man. And uh, you can you can yell at me for five and a half hours of racing. It was five hours and eighteen minutes was the final, I think. But you can yell at me all you want. That was exactly what that race is supposed to be. There is no if sans buts about it like it's 600 miles it's the only 600 mile race you're supposed to be running that and have the you know kind of the talladega risk of when are they going to wreck are you going to get through the wreck is are we going to get to the end of the race and it reminded me of that at a mile and a half track and it wasn't boring and organically the race came down to a two-lap shootout at the end between chase briscoe and kyle larson and Chase Briscoe ended up wrecking. And obviously he was close with seven to go, with six to go. He took the lead with five to go and he didn't complete the pass. And then Kyle Larson got back by him. So yeah, 600 miles, that, that's like a finish at the Rolex 24, except the Rolex 24 throws shitbag cautions and it, it doesn't make any sense. I really have fallen off on that race. Anyways, uh, I thought organically that, that race was fantastic. NASCAR held the caution in their pocket through like the last 20 laps when they could have easily thrown one four times. And that was perfect too. And what I was telling you last week was, you know, it's an exhibition race, the all-star races. There is no reason that we have to complain about this yellow that was thrown to try and save an exhibition race. They saved it when it counted, which they should do. I think that, I think NASCAR has made the, a perfect decision the last two weeks. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm drunk. Me rambles your, even more than sober me does. So I, to your first point of six in that. To your first point of six. I don't even remember the first point. Um, the first point being the length of the event, and I have not seen a single person. I listened to three and a half hours of NASCAR Sirius XM radio today with a bunch of call-ins. And I, awesome. I, I had all this time driving home today 
not one person that was on that show complained about the length of the race because of what was going on. Um, so I, I have not seen, I've yet to see anybody who has said that that race was too long last night because when there's stuff going on, when the race is interesting, it can never be too long. A two hour race can be really long if it's single file and, and pretty dang boring. Um, it, that can be too long, but when that race last night uh, was all over the map and I'll just be frank with you as a Kyle Larson fan watching that race, I felt I ran the whole six nineteen and a half with him because it was ridiculous. I tell you what it was. Um, I tweeted it. I said it was an exhausting night. If you were a Kyle Larson fan. Yeah, it absolutely was. Can I, uh, do you want me to read the quote from him? Which, from, uh, from Cliff which, Daniels. Which one? Uh, uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was the Cliff Daniels uh, motivational yeah. quote. Which, what, a, what a great speech! I still have not found a clip from that. If you have that, I need to get Mr. Matthew CFB on the podcast. I can. He's, he's awesome. I can find it because here I got. I got it right here. Um, so Cliff Daniels, Kyle Larson's crew chief. I'm wearing my sunglasses now. I'm, I'm formidably hammered. Uh, Y'all already know that. I hope I hope this makes this more entertaining for you because I'll probably say something out of pocket and I won't know it. Uh, in the other things that I say out of pocket, they're obviously I'll, I'll apologize for more than I would usually. So I think you guys would like that. But uh, Cliff Daniels, Kyle Larson's crew chief, he said, in the first half, we went from the back to the front more times than I can count. We hit the wall. We spun out. We literally caught on fire. We're... Also, the most penalized team on pit road in the first half of the race. All that being said, in the second half, already, we're going to be starting way better than we were in the first half. We've got to go execute right now. So I don't really know what the hell you're worried about, but I'm fine. The team is fine. Everyone down here is on their heads and giving a thumbs up. So let's go. And Kyle Larson's response to that was, yeah, I'm fine. I'm ready. Do you want, do you want to hear the audio? Because I've got it. <laughs> you should have done that before I read the whole I, thing. Yeah, yeah. Trying. Play. No, that's fine. Play the audio on the microphone. I'll mute my mic and play it. All I want you to remember is how good a TV we made. We went from the back to the front more times than I can count. We hit the wall. We spun out. We literally caught on fire. We were also the most penalized team on pit road in the first half. All that means is that in the second half, already we're going to be starting way better than what we started the first half. We've got to go execute right now. I don't really know what the hell you're worried about, but I'm fine. The team's fine. Everybody down here is on their heads and giving a thumbs up. So let's go. Yep, I'm fine. I'm ready. You got to love So I want to point out with that. Um, last night we're sitting around the campers and, and sitting around the TV watching it, but we had our big speaker and I had Larson's radio pulled up throughout the night because my dad, myself, uh, my uncle who was sitting there with us, we're all big Larson people, right? Next we, year. I want to, I want to come do that with you guys next year. It'd be fun. So what we're sitting around watching this, right? And I've got this speaker on with Larson's radio and Cliff goes into that. The, we all stopped talking to listen to Cliff and I'm sitting there like, why am I getting chills? And it's 90 some degrees with sunburns and everything going on. And I'm getting chills from just listening to his little speech he gave. It was, it was so awesome. And um, to hear that live as it happened was, was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, uh, I was getting chills after he said it. <laughs> 
but it, I was sitting here. I was Josh Betts was in town. Uh, I got him uh, over over here to watch that race and do that. And um, he, the dude comes on the radio and and he says his things and he's like, I don't really know what the hell you're worried about, yeah. but we're all good. Well, and I thought also, that was the best part. You also remember shortly after Larson's spin, he uh, comes on the radio and says, this is the worst race of my entire life. Yeah. And that was about the point when Cliff's uh, speech came out. And what was so funny about the timing of Cliff's speech was it was before the stage caution. It was right after they did the, the shutdown for the, the uh, remembrance event there. And then they brought him back to go do the caution. He's doing this on the pace laps and they get popped for um, a slow stop because the tire carrier loses both tires after he got hit by Eric Almarola's car coming into the pits. And so Cliff went through this entire speech. They have the slow pit stop. Larson pipes up and says, all right, now we're time to go. Now we're good in like a sarcastic tone. And then I, I told, uh, I told my dad and my uncle sitting there, I said, you guys uh, better, better look out. Cause this will be, this is the Kyle Larson show from here on out. And it sure, it sure was. And it, it literally what I had, I don't, I, so David and I usually text during the races. We didn't text much yesterday. I think David was hammered. Uh, no, no, I was. Oh, you just uh, neglected to text me. All right, that's so all right. Dude. I had bad service most of the weekend. That's fair. That's fair. Good excuse. It's the best Same. one I got today. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I was very uh, excited to hear what you had to say about that because I was a big part of the race. And then um, near the end of it, I was starting to write my recap and I, I started early usually. So if you guys, I, I don't know, um, the recaps aren't very good. I would, I don't want to like screw my own writing. Like they're fine. Like I, it's, I put them out for results. Like I put the results at the bottom. Sometimes I'll put the points if I can find them very easily. Um, basically like if i was at the track it's a different story and i'll do a huge story at the end of the night it depends on the night here where i'm at what i'm doing are we recording the podcast or not it really uh it hinges on a lot but i started to write it i had the headline ready that was kyle larson wins quote worst worst race of his career yep uh, in repeats in the Coke 600. So, yep. uh, I'm glad Denny got it. Uh, that was cool for him, but, um, let's talk about the end of it. Cause Kyle was dominating and it was like, there's no way that chase Briscoe catches him. And then it kept, it's 30 laps to go. His dude's inching closer and closer and he gets it within two tenths of a second. And he's keeps getting closer and he bobbles a little bit, but it's like he's right there he's, he can do it at you know at some point in the next 20 laps he's a little bit faster he can get him uh it's just completing the pass and briscoe drove the car in too hard spins out that's it for him so you restart kyle larson ends up uh, as one of the four guys that took two tires i thought that was a mistake on cliff daniel's part uh, as much as the organic speech was fantastic i love the speech 
but uh, he took two tires. And if anyone's going to win on two tires, it's going to be Kyle Larson. But how much the tires degrade this year, which is perfectly fine. Like everyone's yelling at Goodyear right now. I think I think these guys just push the envelope too much, and that's and we'll talk about that in a sec, but. Kyle goes out, uh, the top four cars go out, and they're much slower than any of the cars behind him. Kyle Larson was the only car that, like, almost competed with the guys behind him that took four tires. If they didn't go three wide behind him down the backstretch, Kyle Larson wins that race, and I'm going to hold to that. Oh, that no, that's that's your that's a bad take. No, I listen. Did you see the run that Austin Dillon got? That's what I'm saying. He went three wide. He had no shot. Austin Dillon went three wide because he was the fastest car on the racetrack by I'm far. Saying, I'm saying he would if they don't go three wide, Larson holds on to win that race because there's two cars in front holding back. Okay, well, your hypothetical is that Austin Dillon is much slower in that situation than he was. Austin Dillon was the reason they went three wide, David. I know it is. I am saying... If Austin Dillon doesn't make that move, he doesn't go- decide to go three wide there. No, I think I think if he waits and goes on the next lap as they're coming to the trioval and makes it three wide there and goes in, I think Austin Dillon wins that race easily. I'm, I'll disagree, but... Go ahead with your next point. No, well, I didn't really. I, that's the end of the point. Austin Dillon had the fastest damn car on the racetrack all night long in those laps, or half a lap. All night long in those in that La- lap? a lap and a restart. All night long in that lap. That's that's the uh, opinion I'm going with. Boy. Um, I need to take these sunglasses off. They're fucking, they're fucking my eyes the, off. The two tire versus four tire deal. I, I mean, that's a grab. That's a grab bag because you're you're hoping that you can keep onto your track position because it was sort of important as the track went on throughout the night, and you're hoping as well that other people take the two tires with you. So I'm not, I don't think the call was, was right or wrong. 2020 vision. You're looking at it. Hindsight being 2020, you want to, you know, you want to take four tires there because you're going to probably restart fifth, but you don't know that at the time because you're the leader of a race that, I mean, collectively you just won until there was a spin with a half a lap to getting to the white flag. So, um, you know, you take you take four. Everybody else takes two. You take two. Everybody else takes four. So it's kind of how how that sits. You know, it's like if if it was a race where tires weren't necessarily the biggest thing. You come to pit. Everybody stays out. You stay out. Everybody decides to pit. So um, either way, they were in a in a tough spot. But I no, don't. I don't think I don't think anyone was staying out. It's just. <laughs> You know, you got to look well, at no, the tire that's not what I'm just saying as a, it's all, it's all the, the, the say, and I'm not saying that they were going to stay out. I'm not saying that at all. I never once said that actually. Um, but well, you said it at the end, that's what prompted me right. to say something. <laughs> you're, 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 you're only, you're well, only I get what, you, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I don't want to nitpick. 
you're, you only you're listen to about six seconds of what I say, so it's all good. Oh my um, gosh. Um, that is not at all true. 95% of the time. That is uh, no way. So, so regardless, I, I still think that, you know, you don't, you don't make massive moves like all they did, all of them did on that last lap to, to put yourself in a position. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, it was an interesting way to finish that race and probably to be expected considering we had 18 cautions prior to that. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't really know what you said. I didn't listen to it. So yeah, I didn't figure. I think um, I'm just here for show at this point. <laughs> You're the shiny cattle. No. Something like that. I don't know. All right. So the Coke 600 uh, as a race overall. All right. Yeah, throw, out, throw out your Kyle Larson bias. I know you're a very big Hendrick Motorsports guy. I thought that it delivered the attrition um, that it was supposed to. I thought it was yeah, fantastic. We talked about that. We already hit that at the very beginning of this. We I said we were going to talk about it later. And we, we talked about it again right when we started this whole deal. I, I said that for sure it was. It, it well, was I don't even remember 20 the, minutes ago. So he, no, no, no. It was a throwback to the 70s, 80s, 90s version of the World 600. It was awesome. I love it. Suck my dick. You already said that. I... <laughs> Do you want to go to the Indy 500? You want to talk about that? You remember much of it too? I do. I was I was sober during these rates. Like I remember everything that happened. The issue is I'm hammered now. The comprehension of getting it out now is not very good. It, no shit. I I told people that. I know. You guys were warned. This is your fault if you're still listening. Anyways, the Indy 500 was great. Uh, Marcus Erickson won it as I predicted. Actually, uh, not on the record. <laughs> if if you go back and listen to our picks podcast from uh, Wednesday night, you have Erickson. You can find out that he was one of the three that I chose. Yes, I love it. I love it. Um, so Damon got it right. Damon Damon was completely correct in his Indy Five Hundred picks. Jimmy, now, now I will say the first car out of the race was my initial pick and was my actual race winning pick. So take that for what it's worth. Who is that? Marina's VK. Thank you. Okay. That's kind of pissed you pick VK because he, and then that guy, dude, if that race went, if he did not have that happen to him, that Rena's probably wins that. He's got a very good. Do you think the same? So. I, I thought so. He had a very good car to do so. Uh, to basically break up the Ganassi plan at the beginning was brilliant. And you had you had an Ed Carpenter engine who is always good there, as we talked about last week. And I think Ed finished near the, t the front, and so did Connor Daly both. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And we've went two years now at the Indy 500 without, like, I don't want to quote it and say a big one. But without a wreck that took out more cars than one and, you know, maybe took out one of the guys that was going to run for the front. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to, I can't think of one. All of yesterday's were all single car accidents anyway. There was no, there was, I mean, yeah, it's all single car. Yeah. There was no two car accident. So, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I know a few years ago might've been the 2020 race or even 2019 when Graham Rahal was running up front and he caught a tire that cut off that cut the front uh, suspension of his when Santino Ferrucci wrecked and all there, I think it was 2019. That's the last one I remember. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, um, in terms of like, I don't know, it doesn't do anything for IndyCar that Marcus Erickson won the race. You know what I mean? But I think the only person in the field that the IndyCar would have changed the, I don't want to call narrative or maybe, maybe the landscapes, the right word is if Jimmy Johnson were to have won. Yeah. He kind of sucked. Yeah. I mean, and he got, he got sucked up on that Calium Eilots uh, accident uh, when he got caught in the pits and a lap down on that. Um, But I think, you know, I think there was only one driver in the whole field that had, had he won the race that it would have changed the IndyCar narrative a little bit. And it was, I think it was Jimmy. Yeah. And Jimmy, like, do you, you think wanna, they need to change that Piro rule? I mean, it's no, not necessarily. It's the same thing across the board of, of really all all motorsports that do competitive pit stops. It happens all the time. You see it in a NASCAR race. You see it in an Indy car race. Um, and the, anybody who has competitive pit stops like that, you see that all the time. So not really. Um, it's, it's just a part of the strategy, man. It's a, it's a strategy play. Since Damon, since Damon started talking, I've gotten a Krispy Kreme donut. That's good. I'm trying to sober myself up a little bit. I appreciate you sharing. I just want to tell people I'm putting in effort to sound less drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I, I think. I don't care if there's a caution, let them come down pit road. Well, they, they, they let them come down pit road. As long as you cross the timing line, as long as you enter pit road first before the caution lights come on, then you're okay. Right. I get it. But I think it's costing too many people their races. It's the risk you run. That's the risk you run in green flag pit stops. That's fair. And you, you do need that. Um, it's a strategy play. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know where I sit on it yet. Normal Connor would say, yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. Probably pretty right. I, you're, you're correct. Maybe in 10 years I'll have a better drunk opinion of it, but I just kind of sit there like, shoot, man, Jimmy Johnson, Alex Plo, like, completely out of contention also everyone cheer for the indy 500 to have like 60 degree weather nick yeoman had a tweet on that yeah yep 
because yep. there is that you, provides better racing because yeah. the track the track is going to hold the cars a lot better you're not going to be sliding around a lot whereas in a nascar race being able to slide around is is better right you want a hot track to see more side by side close racing whereas in an indy car race you want as much grip and as much downforce as you possibly can get so yeah 60 60 degree weather um brings out bad fast race cars yeah so that that it was like really hard to pass for an indy 500 on uh sunday but i thought it was pretty good like that race always delivers there's there's not a race in the world that like is as reliable as the indy 500 it's the best race it is um and I don't want to feel like we didn't talk about it enough. We talked about it uh, plenty on the uh, Twitter space yesterday. Me and Josh did. So go listen to that. Um, it's on I mean, our Twitter feed. Let, let's just talk about, you know, talk about the fact that Scott Dixon won the race until he decided to uh, speed down pit road. And I knew it happened immediately. When they showed Dixon coming down pit road, you could see his car sideways. I said instantly, he is uh, he's speeding pit road penalty. Yeah, and I was going to keep talking about that. Um, but, like... Dixon's penalty—that's on Dixon. I've I've heard I've heard three podcasts today that I was listening to. They're like, "Oh, this guy's hesitant to say it's driver error. This guy doesn't want to talk about about Scott Dixon." Scott Dixon's a fantastic race car driver, the best IndyCar driver on the planet, the one of the best racers um, organically that there is. That was his fucking fault. How is it not his fault? I'm yeah, gonna, just like Bubba, Wall, just, just like Bubba Wallace driving too slow, and like that's his fault mm-hmm. that he got retired from that race because uh, he didn't make minimum speed. But that is completely Scott Dixon's fault. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. I, I want to know the people that are saying it's not his fault, and I want to hear their reasons why. Because it sure as the hell can't be very smart. I can do it. Do you want me to? No. No, speed cameras please. speed cameras are stupid cops that sit out on the edge of uh highways on holidays uh trying to meet their monthly quota fucking stupid fuck you uh don't don't do that bullshit we thank you for your service uh until you do stuff like that that's stupid as hell so you need to get the, get off the side of the interstate screw you um i beat three different cops on speeding tickets today um, and after I pass them, I put in my Google Maps that there's a speed trap a mile back. So, just want to let them know I'm coming after them. Those are the people, though. Oh my God, yeah, the cops that sit there, the cops that sit there and take speed traps all day long on holidays. No, I, I know. Hey, I got that. You're like, yeah, Scott Dixon speeding on pit road. Yeah, fuck that guy. We got, we got him good. Yeah, no one, no one sits there and and does that. For if it were up to me, there would be no speeding penalty on pit road. Just so everyone knows, they used to do that. You know that. That uh, yeah, no no pit road speed. There was no pit road speed back in the day. It's it's obviously very dangerous, and it was highly dangerous. And whatever whatever you said, it I I do want to like cover this. Like whatever you said of that is it's gonna be fucked. 
they're, everyone's going to run it right against the corner. And that's what I'm telling you on the, the Goodyear thing is whatever they tell people to set the tires at is what it's going to like. They're going to go right against the edge. Yeah. Cause it's called racing. You get the most out of everything that you possibly can get. That's the whole point of the sport is to be on edge. Okay. Well in this are cops taking speeding tickets on, on holidays are still stupid. So I'm guessing you got a speeding ticket over the holiday. No, I haven't. I had I did not get to, a speeding ticket all weekend, trying, which is why I'm taking the opportunity to say that. Uh, my buddy Michael just got into town. Michael, do you want to say anything? Michael said he's good. All right. Are you trying to disclose some information about something or what? No, I, I was just pissed that Look like, out every every on. half hour I had to sit here and be like, all right, that there's a guy trying to get me for a speeding penalty. Fuck that guy. So there's there's Connor on the DMPS uh, watch list now. Well, we actually had like 25 people in a group, like as a pack race on the interstate, all driving the exact 65 mile per hour. And everyone's kind of trying to like, oh, I want to merge to the right and move over because there's a cop next to everybody. And, and they just drove like that for like 10 minutes and it was annoying as hell. And then, and then one guy finally got over the cop goes and the cop drives 75 past everyone going 65. And we're like, what the fuck? And then everyone else started going faster again, which it's just like cops shouldn't drive on the interstate period. They should be outlawed from interstates. All right, let's get back to where we were here. Um, focus up, dial it back in. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk formula one before we go? Do I need to? Do I need to go Cliff Daniels on you here and, and get you get you on for sound again or what? You can tell I'm good. Uh you can uh you can tell me like what I'm worried about if you want, but well, I mean, you're 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 off the rails, son. We gotta get you dialed back in. I told everyone I was drunk when the podcast started. Again, I understand. Dial it back in, reel it in, focus up. All right focus i just want to say casey schumann's doing a great job with what he does oh boy now what that's no that's it oh, okay good good friend the extreme midget race last week was great and world of lsa model series was awesome uh and ryan wow. gustin got his first win over the weekend so good good, good for him. those guys good and good for casey casey's uh, casey's awesome uh i want to have him on the podcast iron out our differences here and we might, I haven't told you this, we might get uh, Chandler Smith tomorrow. Nice. Now, I, got that e- I got that email about, I looked at my email about 10 minutes before we started recording. So I'll let you know what they say. Uh, and if we don't get them, you know why. But It's because you answered back tonight? It might be because I answered back too quick uh, or too, uh, too late. I didn't mean to say too quick. I'm dumb. But I, I took I took most of today somewhat off, but I, I, I'm watching the world of outlaws right now. Uh, heat race? Yep, they're still running heat races. I thought they've so. had they've had a couple of flips in these heat races, um, including Lachlan McHugh, who's had a terrible. Oh, Lockie, dude, man, I love Lockie. So, He's my. He, so not only did he wreck in at Atomic this weekend, right? Then he had his. Uh, his qualifying time was disallowed tonight and now he flips in the heat race. Why'd they disallow it? 
Uh, they said that it was a violation against, or it was a muffler violation or something like that. So um, they, they disqualified his time, put him in the back and then he flipped in the heat race. That, uh, that's us. Okay. All right. So, so. Um, but as far as F1 goes, uh, yeah, let's talk, let's talk F1 before we go. Um, and then I had on. a good day, man. That's, that's your F1 takeaway. That it's a good day. It rained. It rained. Sergio had a good day. Oh my God. You could not be worse as an F1 race. Like I thought the F1 race director that wasn't American and wasn't white was going to be like a, a good result for them. Like anyone better than the last guy. And this guy sucks even worse. It's insane. Hey, when you, when you hire within, it doesn't get better. So they, they're set to start the race at eight o'clock AM central time. Correct. Everything's yeah. good. Um, on the radar, it seems like rain's coming. Yeah. Rain's coming. Okay. Whether it's light rain or heavy rain, because at first at eight o'clock, when they originally set the first delay, it was supposed to be rain. Like light rain is coming at eight Oh nine. So they yeah. set the delay to the race. Everyone went and got intermediate tires. They delayed it again, seven minutes. Everyone goes get goes and get wet tires. Mm -hmm. And by that time, no one's on the racetrack. And the draining system at Monaco, at, at the streets of Monaco, quote unquote, there is no drainage. It sucks. There's nothing. So you have no drainage system. There's standing water on the racetrack. You're screwed up. And now that you didn't start the race 30 minutes ago, uh, you're going to be delayed another 35. And, you know, the race finally gets going. There's a red flag in the middle of it. And we have this fucking bullshit two hour thing. And <laughs> the two hour clock is stupid as hell, too. You run the race on the distance that it's ran on. If you need overtime, you need overtime. Don't screw anyone over by running out of fuel, but stupid. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it rained. Sergio had a good day. That's that's my takeaway from the F1 race. Um, other than that, other than that, it was uh, finish up breakfast and dial it in for the Indy 500 pre-race, which I think is the best pre-race show in all the land. It's great. I had to screen it because I was watching that shit show of a fucking Formula One event. Yeah, I decided to move it and say forget about it. I just want to um, say you've had seven races, six of them have been shit. Well, I'm just saying, I, drunk Connor is being blunt, Larson. Yeah, I want I want to sit here and watch a game seven with my buddy Michael. We're gonna watch the NHL uh, Rangers versus Hurricanes game seven, and I have to sit here and say that for the sixth time in seven races, F1 was ass. I'm not gonna sit here and deny it. All right, I'm so anyways, anyways, NASCAR, 11 winners in 14 races. IndyCar, six winners in seven races. F1, uh, three winners in seven races. So you tell me what series uh, that you want me to watch over the other two. Um, and if you pick IndyCar over NASCAR or NASCAR over IndyCar, I don't blame you. If you pick F1, you're a fucking idiot. It's uh, stupid, man. Like I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. No, it's their anymore. crown. It's their fucking crown jewel race, and they can't get it together enough to run the damn race. 
they should have started the race at eight o'clock on intermediate tires. That's what you do. If half the field chooses non-intermediate and half the field chooses intermediate in whatever fashion they may, that's that's the risk you take it's, when you have wetter tires. That's part of the strategy of it. Exactly. That's what happens. Yeah. It's a strategy play, and they screwed up the strategy play. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about well, it. Well, they didn't screw up the strategy play. F1 just yeah, said they we're going to No, they yeah, build they every they build every single that's, team out of the strategy that's what play. I'm saying. They I know. No, I know. I know. I was just play. I was trying to reword it for you, and I agree with you in some extent. They screwed up the strategy play because they decided they wanted to take it away from from what was going on, and they decided to settle it for themselves instead of settling it on the track. And any other form of racing settles it on the track, not this manufactured stuff. You catch my tweet at the uh, end of the IndyCar race, yes. the red flag? Yes, I did. You, by the way, you support the red flag, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was a great call on the red flag. They should have done it a few years ago, and they didn't, and they did. they learned from their mistakes. You, the, the race shouldn't end under green, and if you wreck coming to the checkered on the white flag lap, I, like that, I, you have to kind of judge it. You can throw like, you can throw the yellow there either way, and then figure out like, okay, should this guy win the race? He he was far enough ahead. He should win the race. Here's my takeaway from this: they had what was it? The caution flew with what eight laps to go. Something like that. Six, six, six laps. Okay. So the caution flew with six laps to go. Plenty of time to throw the red, clean up the track, do a couple pace laps, and let them go for the final three laps, is what it ended up being. All right. If the caution flies with three laps to go or two laps to go, then I can understand it because you don't have enough time to do everything. No, I think you still red flag it right then and there. Yeah, but you still have to clean up the track and you still have to open up pit road and you still have to do all those. That's fine. Red flag it. Well, opening up pit road, that's not like a thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you open up. You open up for the cars to sit there and the car coming in can go to the left of all the cars sitting there. I'm saying you open it up for those on track. You have to open it up. It is required. You can't just not throw a caution and then just not open it up at all. You can't do that. You're missing what I'm saying. Throw the red flag out, right? I get that. So if the cars are coming down pit road, they come down pit road. Yeah, but you're not going to have enough laps with two laps to go to complete that. So what I'm saying is... I would just say don't count the caution laps in the last five laps. Well, that that's a whole other thing that we can get into another time. But... I'm hey, saying I don't know. Or, so like I'm it's, saying it's overtime. As as, man, yes, it's overtime. That's what it is. They, but they don't have it. They don't have an overtime. And if you bring them down pit road, I'm completely fine with allowing crews to refuel their race cars. They they don't have an overtime. Is that fair to is that fair to throw I'm, that? That's fair to throw in there. I'm not yeah, but, I'm but, not but, say your bro, but give them an overtime. I'm not saying your opinion's wrong. I'm saying No, I'm just it's it's very easy to do though. I know it is, but they don't have it. If it was NASCAR, they have an overtime. Oh, okay. NASCAR does All not right. have an overtime. <laughs> you say that you're seeing what I'm saying. I'm I saying see Andy, what you're saying. I'm saying IndyCar should have an overtime. I agree. I cannot deny that. And Nate I Ryan, if you're listening, I enjoyed I enjoy the hell out of your coverage. I love your coverage. I love everything you do but jesus christ your opinion on indy car shouldn't have an overtime come on man i agree that they should have an overtime but they don't and so by the rules that they don't 
That's I don't. They I made the right. They made the right. You call. should know me at this point that rules were made to be broken in every rule book ever made. There's reason that they're rules. That's all I'm going to say. No, no, there's not. Have you ever go, gone 75 miles per hour on an interstate in Iowa, Damon? Have I? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. broke the fucking rules because they're made to I'm, be broken. I'm just saying there are reasons that there are rules. What? You can't say that and not, not, you, not compare it to what you're talking about in IndyCar here. I'm just saying there's reason that there are rules. All right. What's the reasoning there t- towards the IndyCar? What is the reasoning? Yeah. I, yeah, I want you, you to translate it to IndyCar. For I, I, I can't tell you why IndyCar does not have an overtime. I've been saying ever since I sat in the stands and watched James Hinchcliffe win. Now you're walking was, back on it. You were just, you were, you've been against me for the past 10 minutes on this. I've not been against you once. <laughs> I've not once been against you. I am saying by the book right now. Live in the moment, Connor. Not in the future, not in Connor's world. I can't wait until this podcast comes out. I need the listeners to ban with Connor. Listen to the moment. Your defense to me saying IndyCar needs an overtime system is they don't have one, and that's the rules. No. I want you to. I want IndyCar to have one. I was getting ready to make a point as to okay. Why I want well, one. that's what I wanted in the first place was for you to say like, yeah, they don't have one, but here's why I think they should. I I think they need to have one, and as a you could have just agreed with me at the start, Connor. You're very difficult to agree with on things like this because I'm very difficult to, to agree with in general. Like, I need to finish statements, and I don't get chance. So let me finish. Right, well, you go. You go ahead now, Damon. I'm opening up the floor to you. Let me finish the statement real quick. Okay. I'm sitting in the stands. Okay. But what did you think of Colton Hurd as Indy 500? Cause that was kind of a shit show for him. <laughs> Damon, for those listening at home, I'm going to let Damon, Damon do his statement here, but Damon just got up and walked away from the uh, podcast back from home. He's now just standing next to his chair. Oh, oh, he, all right. You, you go ahead. I won't, I'm not interrupting you here. Go ahead. Um, so as I was saying, I watched an IndyCar race go green to green or green to checker, basically with only one caution. And the last caution coming was five laps to go in Newton, Iowa. And they never once threw the green flag again after a single car spin at that race. I was very disappointed as a fan to watch a caution flag fly and then it follow it with a checkered. That was my point. I want IndyCar to have overtime. I love it. Now, on to your next question. Yes, Colton Herta had a terrible Indy 500 because they're running a road course car on a circle oval. Was it a road course car? Yes. I mean, they, no, they they fixed it to to be towards Indy, but right. you have to have enough mileage on the engine. Like, that's why the shakedown well, exists? Yes and no, but what I'm saying is they had a car that was aerodynamically put together for road courses. That was their that was their road course car. I I would assume um, they changed the they changed the aerodynamics. Um, aside from the package that you guys see at home, I would assume they changed everything they could to make it a Indy five hundred capable capable car. 
Here's the deal. I mean, they they did everything they could in in what time they had. They had all of what twenty seven hours to do it. I think forty eight, but still, yeah. I mean, probably less. Cause they 30? had to be out. They garage time. Garage time being, you know, you had to be out of the garage at a certain time at night, and then it didn't open until a certain time the next morning. So I think I I would think they let them stay. And if you're in any car, you should let them stay as long as you want to work on that car. Just make sure they're good. Uh, and whoever's working on, you know, watching, making sure they don't do anything illegal, then make them sit there or, or do an, ex, an inspection and give that guy the day off or do an inspection the day before. So, uh, or the day of, I mean, but yeah, I mean the, the IndyCar engines, it's, it's really fascinating, Damon, that they have to have a certain amount of mileage on the engines to have them run at optimal speeds. So like if I went out with a brand new engine and we're talking about on a PS2 here, or a PS, maybe a PS5 with the new game coming out this year. I can't wait for it. I'm, if anyone has a PS5, let me know. I need an option to buy one because IndyCar is coming out with the game Supercross World of Outlaws. I need to buy these games, and I don't have a PS5 yet still. So, uh, everyone as long as they have a PS4 version at GameStops and Best Buys, as long as they have a PS4 version, well, they the don't. Those are all new games. But anyways, optimal temperatures. Like if you're going out with a new car, your optimal temperature is not going to be met with a new with a new engine. It right. You have to have 300 to 400 to 500 miles of practice time at least on a new engine to have it run at optimal speeds and have it like it ha- for some reason it's like a person it has to feel like those speeds and it can't just feel it right off the wheels so or right out right off the trailer so like that's a huge thing for those guys and that's ultimately why colton herta did not compete in the indy 500 I don't want to say not compete um, as any didn't enter he entered it but he was not a threat. i was gonna say because Here's the thing, though, is most times, too, they I, – I can't say this for a fact because I don't really know, and so I might be wrong when I say this, but they don't always run that entire month on the same engine either. No, no, they don't. You're right. So, so I mean, but there's also a reason that they have practice time in, in any sport. I mean, there's a reason that they have any practice because your car is not going to run very well. If you pull it off the truck and light it and go. Right. Some people run qualifying on a different engine. They run than the race. So All right. exactly. are we good? Exactly. Are we good? Um, there is what I got one question on Twitter. Do you think, uh, after last night's race, NASCAR should, consider running more endurance races i said no you're shaking your head very aggressively god no no this is the problem with the nascar fan base at times is we get something that is really great okay we have one great road course race at the roval and now we have six on the schedule all right we have okay no no, all right all right you're dumbing you're dumbing down your opinion way too far here because the roval's a great racetrack and i think that's what they should do with texas
Damon's thinking, I think. Either that or No, he's... you cut out. You cut out on a second. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So I the Roval was a great race the first time they ran it. It was a great race the second time they ran it. I think that's what they should do with Texas. I don't think that was like NASCAR should be on ovals ever or on road courses every week. I think they they should what, keep the what same schedule. Six races is fine, but put Texas in an oval or a road a roval. Jesus. What what happened is we went from having two on the schedule, which was not enough. So all of a sudden we have six on the schedule, which is pushing the limits of being too much. And now you've got people that are, um, you got people that are out there saying we need to bring back Kentucky. Well, Kentucky is a bigger version of Texas. It's flat and it's big. It's not going to produce any good racing. As we I never, I never got why we, I never got why we bring in Kentucky over Iowa in the first place i i don't either but as we've seen with these cars any flat track has not been very good but people don't understand that so um so as far as your initial question with the endurance stuff is no we don't need to have another another endurance race because people already don't like it when we have two hour races the way it is yeah even like the regular 500 races like yeah, people are still complaining at the length if it's not a Talladega or whatever. Exactly. People complained at the length of the all-star race and the last segment was 50 laps. The all-star race has sucked and the, the format for it has I'm just saying. Out everything. I think, no, I, I know. I think we should even get rid of segments for the all-star race. I no, I don't like that. Honestly, I think we should at one point in the All-Star race, whatever track they're at, say it, say they're at Texas. It's hey, here's lap 50 of the race, and we're gonna run the next 25 uh backwards on the other direction of the racetrack. So uh yeah, you, you already went through this. Yeah, so lap, this lap 50, every, so the leader crosses the finish line on lap 50. Uh, after one segment or two, I don't give a shit. Um, and he slows down to pit road and everyone has been cleared of pit road. Right. And you slow down, you take the hard left, you go down pit road, and then you take the access road all the way back until NASCAR gives you the clear that no one else is coming on the racetrack, which should be pretty close to where, where you took the turn in right or where you took the exit out of pit road and you start you run backwards until lap 75 there's a caution they figure out a way to get them turned around again i guess uh and after that it's a boom here's however many laps you want to finish the race off with 30 maybe and that's the final stage like that'd be sick If I was on Sirius XM and you called in with that, I would have turned you off 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I know. The Sirius XM hosts tend to not listen to the people on there and the people they get on there. Whoever the fuck the producers are on the Sirius XM broadcast are like, 
you have to have better callers than what you're letting on. You, they've got to be just sitting there taking all the no, calls and being like, come on. They don't have better callers. It's the same callers that call in all the time. Okay, that's fair. I, I only listen to it like once every couple of months from my dad, so... No, I listen to it nearly every but no, day. I, I think they uh, should do something different with the all-star race. That's my idea. Maybe put the trucks and Xfinity cars on there. Um, we got to end because we're, we're about to watch a hockey game here and the computer being based off on the podcast is the, the vehicle that delivers the game. So, All right. Damon's unsatisfied with my don't Michael. I'm just running backwards on a racetrack. Like that'd be sick. You run you're it like you like, run it like it is a roval. You're sounding like Tony Stewart from Talladega a few years ago. It's nice of you to call Tony Stewart an idiot. Well, Tony he's gonna Stewart he's gonna love actually, that when I mention it to him. Tony Stewart was saying it with sarcasm. You're saying it because you think it actually could happen. I think One it of could. The two of you it's easy. Right. All right, let me get with Tony, and oh. then uh, we'll get it to NASCAR real quick. Oh boy. All right. Well, on that note, it's been an it's been an episode. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening to episode 50 of the Always Race Day podcast. Um, if you go to Carl Auto Group, you go to carlauto.com, you inquire about a, a car, uh, make sure it's not a race car. They don't really sell race cars. They sell regular cars, and that's okay. It's slower. Any car is a race car. That's true. Any ask them, ask them what the max speed is on the car that you're buying. Uh, and say always race day told you to do that and make sure you make a very big public yep. disturbance when you walk in the door then take it to the nearest racetrack and let it rip that's right i know knoxville has a lot of track rental dates available um and they'd love to rent the track for you i know they would so watch out for that and uh you get to take your Go go to Eddieville and you can run it at the uh, at the Eddieville Raceway Park on Friday nights. Test and tune. Let her run. Oh ride. yeah. Oh well, you don't even need a test and tune. You just need to make it look like enough like a Ozark Mountain uh, Super Shifter, and then you just have to run close to a target time. Well, you still have to pay to test and tune. But yeah, you still have to pay to do so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it always raised it. Chris, Chris says he'll match what you pay. So you're love it. There you go. Yeah, I want. I just need Chris to. Uh, I just need Chris to fund a race car for me, and we'll uh, we'll go bracket racing. The only yeah, the only thing I'm funding for you is a top field dragster or a funny car. Perfect. All right, then we'll go do that. Yeah, if we can play our cards right, you'll be in Ron Cap's funny card in ten years. So, everyone, uh, everyone, go to Carl Auto Group. Right, do that. Enough. Do that if you're uh, looking for a car. If not, just tweet Ron Caps that uh, he needs to talk to Damon about his driving skills in a dragster. <laughs> I've never seen someone wheel a dragster, uh, junior dragster like uh, Damon has. So. 
Thank you all for uh, listening. We'll be with you the rest of the week. Um, weekend previews can be hot, and we have a lot of stuff coming. Uh, just so you all know, Houston Scott, Houston Speedway got ransacked by uh, a weather beacon of sorts, a weather catastrophe. Uh, I'm, I'm using different words, but the skyboxes are torn apart. A lot of the, there's a lot of damage at the track. No one in person was injured. Uh, they're fine. They're going to host the world of outlaws next week. They've confirmed that tonight. Uh, so don't worry about the world of allies race at Houston's. I'll be there. Uh, Damon is going to be watching from afar. Um, but I'll be at the world of allies race at Houston's and we'll preview the weekend for you and get you ready for a big week for always race day coming up, uh, in two weeks. So that'll kick it off. So thank you all for listening. It's episode 50, always race a podcast and remember to go, uh, thank Carl Auto group. Appreciate those guys.